Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the NBA DFS Today podcast by Sports Ethos. I am your host, Keith Cork, and I am joined today by a new friend of ours, uh, Mr. Lee Schwartz. He's been actually with us for about a week now. Lee, doing good work for us. I see you active in the Discord, man, uh, and putting those DFS deliveries for us together and really uh, helping us out, you know, here and there with some uh, clutch plays when people, you know, need some some information. So uh, Lee is uh, is new to the team, but he's already proven to be a, a, a good asset for us. So I'm excited to have him on the pod and hopefully this can be a weekly thing for us. But Lee, uh, let me give you the opportunity to speak, man. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what your history is with playing DFS as an NBA fan, all that good stuff. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, thanks for the introduction. Appreciate that, by the way. And by the way, I've, I've uh, like I said, been here about a week, but I'd say if uh, if our Bulls team has a DeMar DeRozan carrying the team, I'd say it's Keith Court. So <laughs> thanks for that. But the, uh, so I've been doing DFS for about five years. I've been playing NBA for about three. And by playing, I mean daily, every single day. Uh, I play NBA, MLB, uh, football, as well as NHL. So I... Um, even though I've only been playing NBA for three years, it's been every single game for those three years. Strangely enough, I wasn't an NBA fan much. I was a big college basketball fan until my son uh, started playing NBA 2K. And just, <laughs> okay. to connect, just to connect with him a little better, I just became more and more of an NBA fan. So he and I started watching games together and just kind of became a fan that way. So located up in Fargo and uh, like I said, just happy to be part of the team here. Really, really enjoy the atmosphere and the camaraderie. I actually think I was going to make a TK uh, reference already in this podcast, so you were already off to a good start because uh, we're, we're in sync on that one. But uh, that's funny. I used to be a big 2K player back when I lived with uh, two other guys in the house. It was a lot of fun. But like I said, um, Lee, happy to have you on the team, man. Appreciate that. Appreciate that DeMar DeRozan comparison. He is a uh, one of my – obviously one of my favorite players. I need to get a DeMar DeRozan jersey, but uh, <laughs> absolutely love how he's played this season. But anyways, what the people are here for is they are here for DFS plays and takes and so we're going to break down this sunday slate for all of our fans out there uh we do have four games tomorrow uh but it's broken down on on DraftKings as a single game showdown and then a three game main slate so we're going to break those both down for you um and uh, to be honest the single game uh there might not be a lot you guys can use tomorrow because there's a lot of news that we're waiting for lee in this single game uh, showdown slate it's between the cleveland cavaliers and the los angeles lakers but we are waiting on news for Anthony Davis, who is questionable. We're waiting on news for uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who is questionable. And we're waiting on news for Darius Garland, who is also questionable. So I guess, you know, if we're looking at this and we don't know who's playing, who's not playing. I mean, we know who the top four guys are. Who do you think, you know, you're going to go to as a captain? Let's assume they're all available and all healthy. Yeah, well, like you kind of said, uh, one thing to keep in mind with this entire uh, podcast with all the teams we're talking about today, they're all on the front end of a back-to-back. Yeah. Everybody, everybody plays again on Monday night. So, uh, and, and, and as you know, with the Lakers, everybody's got a Q tag every day. So mm-hmm. you never really know who's playing for the Lakers or not. Sunday is a day that's rather notorious for guys resting. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's going to be tricky to try to figure out. You're going to definitely want to pay attention 30 minutes before tip-off to find out who's actually in this game because the four highest-priced players on DK all have Q tags with them right now. So the fifth highest-priced player is Russell Westbrook, who, <laughs> you know, 
two weeks ago, none of us would have ever thought of rostering again, especially yeah. at his price tag, uh, which is still, uh, what is his price tag? It's 8,200 still. Uh, but he's actually put up four pretty solid games in a row. And, but to me, even at 30 fantasy points at 8,200 price tag is makes him nearly unplayable, even in a showdown format. Yeah. I don't have a lot of guys in this game I'm really a fan of. I do think that if, if Mitchell and Garland both sit out, that Karis LeVert's probably a good play. He's usually the guy that fills the gap when those two are gone. And to be honest, looking through uh, all the available players for this game that we know are playing, uh, if if Levert ends up playing and Garland and Mitchell don't, I'd probably put him on my captain. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously with those Cleveland guys, I feel like they do cannibalize each other a little bit. You know, they take a little bit away from each other as far as the DK stats and the fantasy stats go. Um, so I do have more interest if they all four play on the Lakers side of the ball. I have more interest in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, but like you said, it is something where we have to look at the news and monitor the news. I mean, this is something that, and, and to be honest with you guys, just kind of full disclosure, just kind of a large view type thing. I I go pretty light on Sundays because Sundays are more of a family day for me. Uh, obviously football is going on. I, I used to like to watch a lot of Bears football with my family. So uh, usually I'll do like a, I'm actually just only entering a single uh, entry GPP for this one. So uh, probably not going to do this single game slate, but uh, like I said, if I was playing it, I think I do have more interest on the Lakers side just because the Lakers are desperate for a win. They need a win, man. They they really need it. Um, I think LeBron James is going to ball out. Um, I know he's had some some rough ones recently, but uh, I, I'm not like fading the king, man. I think he's still a pretty good player. Uh, and Anthony Davis, I do have some interest in him if he does play as well. Um, on the Cleveland side of the ball, like you said, if one of those guys does sit, I'd snag the other one and probably – I would consider popping them in the captain spot, but I think I still want a Lakers guy there. So that's just my two cents. Um, I do have some interest in some of the cheaper guys, though, uh, Lee, which, you know, and this is assuming uh, now I'm going to assume the other way. I'm going to assume that uh, Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell aren't playing. I do have some interest in, in Raul Haul Neto at 3600, who put up a really good, decent game. Uh, their last one without those two guys. But uh, he's just 3600 and he's always been a pretty good fantasy producer in limited minutes. And like you said, you already pointed out Karis LeVert. If either of those guys said, I think he's a, a lock for me, uh, just with so many limited options here. You know, not too many that I like. And then another guy that I was all over when they were both out uh, was Kevin Love. And he's only 6,000 on this slate. I still have some interest in him. And I do have some interest on the Lakers side of the ball in one guy that I've been uh, kind of pumping up the last, uh, I don't know, four or five days. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. He's looked really good next to those starters. I know you said Russell Westbrook shipped to the bench. He's the guy that took over that role from Russell Westbrook. And I love what he did in the starting role there and uh, the way that he meshes with those starters in, in LA. So I do have some interest in him at 4,400 as well. Any other guys you like in this slate? Yeah, I, I don't really have the guys. Uh, you picked out some real good value plays there in the, in the three, dollars $4,000 range. The guys I'm looking at, Kevin Love, almost a triple-double the other night. Yeah. Uh, just when you – just when we're all ready just to let Kevin Love <laughs> yeah. die and go away, he pops back up in our lives over and over again. And yeah. I don't expect him to pull off a triple-double again anytime soon. But, you know, all Kevin Love needs is minutes. And yep. we'll see, like I said, based on the lineup, if he's going to get those minutes or not. The only other play that I really have for this game is Evan Mobley, who got blocked eight shots the other night, yeah. which is pretty amazing. But uh, even uh, when you look at Mobley's stat line uh, – he doesn't usually get that many blocks. He is a uh, kind of like uh, Covington. He's a bit of a block steal dependent player, mm-hmm. but it's those block steal dependent players that sometimes can win you those tournaments. You know, they'll uh, like I said, rack up those those stocks and and uh, 
put up higher point totals than anybody expects. And a nice point to just kind of add on to that, Lee, is that, you know, if you are playing FanDuel over there, uh, I know blocks and steals get three points as opposed to two points on DK. So um, those guys are you want to consider a little bit more on, on FanDuel, which, you know, I am going to um, – this is actually one of the episodes we probably should have uh, popped up some FanDuel plays, but I just didn't have the time to do it. But uh, as we have these smaller slates and we get a little bit more time recouped and grow our, continue to grow our team here at Sports Ethos, we're going to throw you guys some FanDuel plays as well. So, And if you have any, Lee, feel free to throw them at me, but if you don't have them, that's okay too. Yeah, that's not <laughs> either. You're right. So. That's okay. Uh, okay, so let's move on, though, to the, to the main slate. We have three games on the main slate. We're just going to go game by game here since there's so few of them, and we'll talk about our favorite plays in each one. And I'm trying to see. I'm trying to reload right now. Um, we're getting this data as it comes in. It might not be up yet because there's so much injury news, like you said, that we're waiting for. But I'm trying to see if there's any. We have a few game totals and a few spreads for this one. So we've got two out of three of them, uh, which I'll give to you. But the first one's Bulls-Raptors. Uh, we don't have a game uh, total or a spread for that one. But I do have some interest in this game, Lee, but since I've talked so much, I'm going to let you start. Let me know who you who do you like in this game. <laughs> well, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, I think it's hard not to like DeRozan in this game. Levine is still at best questionable for this next contest. So DeRozan just put up 46 actual points. He's still at cheap at 8,400. And honestly, on a, on a small slate like this, I consider DeRozan to be a must-play tonight. I did like... Uh, I did like Goran Dragic a little bit earlier this week when he was getting mm-hmm. some minutes. Uh, he's, yeah. the, again, the kind of guy like Kevin Love. Just if you give this guy 20, 30 minutes, he will put up fantasy points. Uh, he's a point-per-minute monster. And unfortunately, though, with the uh, Sunmu back, I don't know if he's going to get a whole lot of playing time again this game. So, right. Uh, but I, I like Patrick Williams. He's at 3,900. Mm-hmm. And again, Patrick Williams is a perfect example of a guy getting the minutes now. He Almost all the starters for Chicago are getting 30-plus minutes a night. Uh, the other one, uh, the obvious choice, Vucevic uh, at 8,100. As long as Drummond remains out, he's a great play, and he's a great play anyway. So uh, Kobe White sounds like he might also be out. So again, maybe some of those backup guards might get a few more minutes and a few, and a few more fantasy points as well. So yeah. Uh, yeah, for that reason, I think you have to include Goran Dragic in your in your player pool. I I am of the mindset though that I think he's strictly a GPP play. I do like his output the last three games. The minutes that you mentioned, I mean, he's been getting increased minutes because he, you know there's been people out, but um, they're still not like eye popping. I think the the highest I saw in the last three games was like 20 minutes. So, uh, and I think that's in line with you know what the Bulls have said all along. They've said that he's you know kind of an age veteran. They don't really want to push him too hard. Um, but I think if Zach sits, I think he you can play him definitely. Um, and I think that he's more of a GPP play for me. But I, I do think he's in my player pool. Uh, but I love that Patrick Williams call. I'm all over Patrick Williams. He had a really good – I know people – so as a Bulls fan, you know, I know people are really giving him crap about missing a rebound towards the end of the last game and kind of costing the game for us. And he had a really, really terrible second half of that game. But that by the first half, he had seven points, four rebounds, a block, an assist. Um, he had a really decent game at halftime. He just totally disappeared in that second half. And he's really started to play a lot better. So at 3,900, yeah, I think he's definitely going to be somebody I consider, uh, especially with uh, Drummond out. With Drummond out, he's been managing, you know, basically 30 minutes a night. And so if, if that's happening at 3,900, you can't really beat that. Uh, and, yeah, DeMar, um, I think he's a great play even if Zach plays. I think he's a lock if Zach sits. Um, so you're, you're all over that for me as well. I, I, I agree with you there. Um, you know, tell me about the Toronto side, though. I've got – I think more interest on the Toronto side of the ball than I do on the Chicago side. 
Well, I think the key to this, it sounds like Siakam's going to be out, and it sounds like Van Vliet might also be out. So that's going to open up. The great thing about Toronto this year is they seem like they've had these injuries, but their backups are pretty solid, and they put up really great fantasy value for, for guys like us whenever they uh, hit the court. So I think uh, OJ Anunby is definitely a start for me. He might yeah. be my number one choice for the slate to make sure he's a part of your lineup. He's consistently scoring well this year. He added five steals to his game on Friday night, which was a close loss to Dallas. But he's averaging 34.1 fantasy points a game and 3.1 steals a game. $6,200 for this slate tomorrow. He's going to be in every lineup I have. Yeah, I love Ed Nomi. I've got him in like a lot of my season-long fantasy teams, too. Uh, I, I actually, though, I have a, a play I like more on the Toronto side. And I guess this probably fits my profile a little bit better because I always like the low cost guys. I, I play a lot of GPPs, so I like to fit in that value where I can. Uh, but Chris Boucher at 4,400 is a lock to me. And he's probably, on, yeah, you're laughing. He's probably on your list too. Uh, but let me let me steal your thunder a little bit, Lee. Uh, yeah, Chris Boucher, anytime any of the starters sit, it's just a matter, he's just a lock to, to get, you know, 20, 25 minutes or so. And he is a point per minute monster. Uh, he's one of those guys we're looking at in fantasy anytime, any kind of format fantasy you're looking at. Uh, as long as those minutes are there, he's going to produce. So uh, 4,400 for Chris Boucher is, is a underpriced right there, uh, especially now that we know that Pascal, like you said, he's going to be out for this one. Uh, he strained his groin. Uh, there's a possibility he could miss weeks is what I read. Uh, oh. So, you know, yeah, that's not, not necessarily a good thing for the Toronto Raptors, but a uh, good thing for, for our DFS value. Anyone else on this Toronto side you like? No, but to add, yeah, add what you said about Boucher, last two games he's, he's shot more than 10 shots per game. I think he's a good play. At 4,400, he'd be a good play even if Siakam was in. Yeah. He's, he's even hit five threes the last two games. So he's got just tremendous upside, even more than usual uh, if Siakam sits. Scotty Barnes, obviously always a good play, uh, especially mm-hmm. if Van Vliet's out. Yeah. He'll be handling the ball. He'll be bringing the ball to court. He'll be the guy dishing the assists. So good play there. I do like Precious Sashua. I don't yeah. like them nearly as much as Boucher. Uh, they're roughly, I guess, a shoe is a little bit more. But I think uh, the other the other possible start here is Christian Coloco. When uh, Siakam missed his last game, Coloco got a start. But even in that start, he only played 21 minutes, scored about 20 fantasy points. He's only 3,600 in the slate. So he might be a good uh, last guy on your roster fill-in. But yeah. I think there's uh, even on among the Toronto roster, there's better plays than for value than than Coloco. Yeah, no, I, I like those calls though. Um, I actually had Precious on here. What I have him marked as is a pivot off of Boucher. If you want to play Precious, I think you don't play Boucher, and you're playing that kind of lineup in a large field GPP. Because uh, like you said, I think Boucher is definitely the guy that's more appealing by a landslide. Um, but if you want to make your, your lineup, you know, unique and contrarian, then Precious Achua is that, is that guy to do it. Um, Coloco, yeah, I think you could go to him if you want to be even more contrarian. Uh, but, yeah, I think you think there's a, a limited upside there. Um, Precious will grab those rebounds, though, for sure. So. Yeah, I completely agree, though, that uh, not to play, uh, I wouldn't play Boucher and Achua together. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a roster construction thing. Actually, we're going to be doing an episode about that uh, coming up. So I'm glad you said something, Lee, because uh, we these strategy sessions that you just heard with Greg Ehrenberg, uh, are going to be doing more of them. Hopefully have a, another guy on here soon. So I'll let you guys know about that. But uh, while I'm speaking about stuff, why don't you guys go grab the DFS pass? Go do it. It's really cheap. Uh, get you access to guys like me and, and Lee who, you know, really know our stuff, really follow the game. If you guys are just casual players out there, uh, we'll be looking at that news for you and giving all the info. So $4.99 a month for that. It's really, really cheap. Uh, 
And if you're there at sportsethos.com, you can actually grab that Ethos 360 pass too, which gets you access to the fantasy pass and the wager pass as well. Uh, all that combined for a very, very cheap price. So uh, go to sportsethos.com and sign, and sign up today. Uh, let's move on though. Uh, this is a game, I don't have a ton of interest in this game, honestly. Ah, oh, man, anytime they're on the slate, I just don't like the Wizards. But the Washington Wizards and the Memphis Grizzlies, I'm just a Wizards hater. I'm sorry to all the Wizards fans out there. I covered them for two years, so I just, I don't know. I just, it was one of the worst experiences of my uh, basketball covering life. But uh, anyways, I do have a total and a spread for this game, Lee. Uh, I'm going to shoot over to you in a minute, but let me get that for you first. So right now, the line opened at 229 uh, for this Wizards and Grizzlies game. It has since uh, gone down, of course, to 226. So there's going to be a little bit less scoring is what betters think out there. And the, uh, wow, oh, geez. The line opened at seven points for the Grizzlies, minus seven. And then it's shifted to minus ten and a half to the Grizzlies. So uh, a bit of a, a, kind of a big spread there. But anyways, um, you know, do you have any interest uh, in this game? Any guys either side of the ball that you're really looking at? Well, uh, just like you, I don't have this. If I, this was the largest slate, I would be fading this game probably almost entirely. Yeah. Uh but as it stands now, you, you have to like Steven Adams at his price, 5,500. Uh, he's coming off his play, almost a career game for him, 13 points, 19 boards, and four stocks. I think that's uh, – I certainly don't expect him to repeat that, but I do think <laughs> he's uh, a good, pretty good value play at center, but there are some other pretty good options at center in this slate. You have to like John Moran all the time, uh, yeah. especially in a small state. But I'll tell you, at his price at 10 I, – I did – three or four lineups before we got on tonight. Mm-hmm. And every time I try to put Jai in, I run out of money for everybody else I really want. <laughs> so I do like him even at his $10,100 price tag. I just yeah. don't like him enough to get him in my lineups tomorrow. So yeah, that's uh, Desmond, Desmond Bain comes in at about 7,800. That's probably the right price for him. Yeah, I'm just not a big Desmond Bain guy. I end up fading him probably more than most people do. On the Washington side of the ball, I mean, I look at guys like Bradley Beal, who's always an option at shooting guard, and 8200 to me is about the right price for him. Mm-hmm. But Paul George in the same position is only 9500 and I would rather pay up for Paul George than, than play Beal. Yeah. The, the other other uh, guy in this, in this game that I am really interested in is Porzingis. Still at only 7900 really good value at that price as well. So I'll probably have him in a few of my lineups, but I, I don't like him. Like I said, there's a, there's a lot of good options at that position for tomorrow. Yeah, I looked at Porzingis long and hard. I was like, man, 7900 that's a pretty decent price. I think he's just got that upside where he can hit those, you know, 55 DK points, 50 to 55 DK points, and he's done it a few times recently. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I just don't like this game. I feel like, you know, that spread's really getting out of control there. I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies are going to put the Washington Wizards away. The Wizards aren't a great basketball team. But I do like John Morant, and the one thing I'll add – uh, to that, you know, I think this is a fair price from a 10-1 for sure. I think there's a little bit of meat on the bone there. Um, but the one thing I will add is that, you know, the point guard situation in Washington is kind of murky at best, right? Like, there's a lot of clamoring in Washington about their needing a point guard because Monty Morris has come over and they've kind of got like a platoon situation where, you know, no one's really doing a great job. They're all just kind of serviceable. So I think it's a matchup where he can take advantage of it. He's just way more athletic than any of the point guards that they have on that on that team. So I actually like Job Moran a whole lot, um, just because there aren't a lot of spin up options on this slate that I that I really like. You mentioned one, which we'll get to in a minute here, but uh, John Morant I like a whole lot too. Um, I will say though, on the Wizards side of the ball, I do have a guy I'm really really interested in. I am really really interested in Rui Hachimura at four thousand. Um, 
kind of a sink or swim type guy. Like he's not necessarily the most consistent dude. His minutes are kind of up and down 30. He'll get 31 minutes, 31 minutes, one game and like 18 minutes the next game. So, you know, it's, it's up and down, but uh, I think at 4,000, I mean, all you're hoping for is about 24, 25 DK points and he's hitting six X value for you. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility as long as he's getting, you know, 25 to 30 minutes. So, um, so I do like me some Riyachi Moran. It is kind of, it is kind of a paced up spot too with the Memphis Grizzlies who like to get up and run. And I think that fits, uh, Riyachi Moran's game quite a bit. So, um, but we'll move on. Let's move on to the Utah Jazz and Los Angeles Clippers here. The last game on the slate, which I'm sure we both have more interest in and more interest in. You already mentioned Paul George. So go ahead and give me your take on Paul George and, uh, and how he's looking there. Yeah. So one thing to be a little bit concerned about here is, you know, it's a three game slate. There's only one 9 p.m. game. So if you put any of the anybody from this game in your lineup, any of the Jazz or any of the Clippers into your lineup, you're going to have to and, – and they're not – they end up not part of the starting lineup. You're going to have to figure out a good swap within the same game for whichever players you've rostered. So to me, I'm only going to probably roster the guys that I'm probably most uh, – that are most likely to play and most likely not to sit. Clippers have always been notorious for – last second lineup changes to begin with, especially True. on a Sunday. <laughs> so I'm just a little bit worried about uh, playing uh, this game as part of the slate. I think you have to include it because it's only a three-game slate. Right. But to me, Paul George is at 9,500. And even though uh, so far this season he hasn't always been worth 9,500, when you compare him to the other shooting guards on this slate, there's a good uh, differential there between him and the other shooting guards. And I really think that makes him a valuable play, obviously, too. You know, I think we all like uh, DFS players, too, like to have that late night hammer. And so <laughs> yeah. Paul George would definitely be that as well in this That's slate. True. I do. I like to see my lineup, you know, the thing and the thing go, the, the arrow on the bar go up and not down. That's the way I like to see it. But, uh, but no, much rather be chasing than being chased, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, Paul George at 9,500. Yeah, I do think, um, I think there is some risk there, obviously, you know, it is the Utah Jazz, but the Jazz are playing so well this season. I do think um, we're pretty safe in playing him and assuming that he plays in this one with, with Kawhi out already. Um, I think they have to, I think they're, they're, they're not necessarily off to the greatest start. So I think he plays. Um, and I think he's the safest pay up on the slate. So I, I do have a lot of interest in Paul George. I think I'm, I'm definitely putting him in my single entry lineup here. Um, if he does end up sitting, there's not a whole lot in that game I can pivot to. So that is a, a very fair point. You want to put him in your t- utility spot if you can. Um, you know, the next highest guy in this game, I believe, is Laurie Markin at 3,700, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, you're losing a lot of value there, but it's a little bit of a risk, but I think I think it's pretty safe, honestly. Um, I do also on the Clippers side, I have some interest in Marcus Morris. Not a whole ton. It's 5,800. I think it's a, a fair price. Um, I think it's a little bit underpriced for what his role is going to be without Kawhi. So I think there's a little bit of value to be had there. Not too much. You know, if he has a really good shooting game, I think he, he can get that five to six X that you're looking for. But um, those are really the only two Clippers I'm interested in. Are you interested in any other Clippers or should we move to the Utah Jazz side? Well, you know, funny, I'm kind of a Reggie Jackson fan. I always have been, but boy, is he struggling. And I don't know if it's mm-hmm. because he's bitter about John Wall coming on board. or. But right now, I mean, I've watched a couple of Clippers games this year, and A, he doesn't look like he has any, any enthusiasm for the game, and the right. fans are really turning on him rather quickly. So even though, like, uh, Friday night he played 37 minutes, uh, John Wall paid 27 minutes, but John Wall put up similar stats in those 10 less minutes than what Reggie Jackson did. So Reggie, even though he's 5,300, I'm not a fan of him. 
Zubats, yeah. Zubats is amazing. He's like, the guy seems like he gets better game over game even. I mean, not just year over year. Seems like he's getting better every game. He's 6,500 for this slate. For me, I'm going to have him in probably much every lineup on this small slate. Mm. Uh, this year he's averaging 32 and a half fantasy points and he's averaging over 40 fantasy points in three of the last five games. So for me, Zubac is a must play as well. That's fair. And I did look at him long and hard. Um, I do think that's fair. I, one thing I want to point out with that is I would look at the status of Robert Covington. Um, if Covington is out, then they don't really have any other option at center. So that's why, right. you know, he's been playing a whole lot of minutes. If Covington's in, um, it's it's tough to gauge. It really depends on the matchup here. And they're playing the Utah Jazz, who are going to play um, – I'm trying to even think who plays center for them. I know it's like they've got Zabuki and, and Kessler, but there's – oh, Kelly Olynyk, who's not really a traditional, like, center. You know, he's like, not a big guy that's going to, like, destroy you down low. So they might give Covington some some minutes there. Um, but he's coming out from injury, so I think, I think Zubac is relatively safe for sure. Um, but on the Utah side, I do have some interest. I actually just mentioned him. So let me let me first talk about Laurie Markkinen because a lot of people are probably going to think you're just a, a hater because he sucked with the Bulls towards the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a hater. I'm not. I mean, I, I'm very glad that he's having a good series this season. He's a good guy. Always been a very nice kid. So I'm, I, I'm very happy uh, for him that he's having a good season. But this, the, the matchups he's had so far where he's gone off, if you look at all those matchups, I mean, they're not very good you know, competition that he's going off against. He's had two games against Denver, and I'll point to those two games. He had only 33 DK points in those two games. So 7,500, and I, I know that on the other side of the ball, you've got wings that can really guard him in Marcus Morris, and you've got uh, Paul George. I mean, you've got guys that are really, really good defenders at that wing position. I am I have to fade Laurie. I'm not going to have Laurie. If, if I'm going to play multiple laps, I'm not having him at all. Um, but I do have some interest in Kelly Olenek at 5,700. Um, just a guy that, is, again, is a sink or swim type guy. He's put up 45 point, you know, DK point uh, games three times already this season. Um, you know, it's a tough matchup here against the uh, LA Clippers, but I like that kind of thing because that means a lot of people won't be able to play him. So that can make my lineup unique. So I do like some Kelly at 5,700. Uh, somebody that, you know, I think could be a filler for you if you have that salary and you can really feel comfortable having him. What are your thoughts on Kelly O? Yeah, Kelly O to me, him and Vanderbilt both are good roster fill-ins. They're not the kind of guys that I would uh, make it a priority to be in my lineup. Going back to Lori Markkinen, though, it's funny because I've been fading Markkinen all year long. Yeah. I feel like I'm the last guy to get on board of the Markkinen train. The guy's got five double-doubles already this year. I feel like it's like Lori Markkinen and pumpkin spice lattes are like two things I've got on way after everybody else. <laughs> now I, I feel like I'm forced to believe in Lori Markkinen now. Yeah, he's uh, averaging 43 fantasy points a game. His price is still relatively affordable at 7,500. So for me, he's going to be in my lineups. Okay, small state especially. <laughs> but after that, I kind of look more toward the guards of the of Utah. Yeah, I'm a big Mike Conley fan, especially on small slates. He seems to be first. He's low played. He's just not a sexy player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't get a lot of high percentage plays. But to me, he's a he's a good play. Only thing I'm worried about tomorrow is he might rest on uh, front end of a back-to-back, being a veteran, et cetera. He's only 6,000. Uh, Clippers are only average versus point guards. I think he's a sneaky play. But to me, uh, I look at Clarkson, priced at 4,300. But I would say at 4,300, that's about his what his price tag should be. Uh, there aren't a lot of great shooting guard plays today, so Clarkson probably ranks in the top two or three plays you can play uh, at shooting guard. But to me, I really like uh, – Sexton at 4,700. Yeah. To me, 
he, especially if Conley's out, Sexton's going to step in, just like was supposed to be the plan before Utah started winning every game. <laughs> right. The plan was supposed to be the Jazz were going to lose, trade Conley away, and Sexton was going to step in at that point guard position. Sexton's been slowly getting more minutes uh, as the game as the season has gone along. Mm-hmm. He's uh, getting close to 30 minutes now, three of the last five games, and when he does, he puts up 30 fantasy points. So at 30 fantasy points at 4,700 is the kind of value I want in a especially the small state small slate lineup. Yeah, you can't beat that. And I've uh, I've got three guys bolded on my sheet here, and he's one of them. So I'm right on board with you. I've got nothing to add. He's uh, he's somebody that I'm going to have in uh, my one lineup I'm doing. But if I were doing multiple, he would be in a lot of them. Uh, okay, let's move on, though, to our Thrive plays here. And if you guys aren't signed up at Thrive Fantasy, you should go do that. ThriveFantasy.com. It's one of the newest and hottest prop market plays uh, platforms out there. Uh, they have these big tournaments there where you put a little bit of money. You can win a whole lot, a lot of guaranteed money over there. Go to thrivefancy.com and enter Ethos as their promo code for a deposit match bonus up to 250 bucks. And I believe they have some free plays for you, too, if you do that as well. I'll have to confirm that. but uh, So don't take my word for it, but uh, I'll have to confirm it. But uh, if you guys do put that Ethos uh, promo code in, you'll get some nice goodies. So uh, tell them Keith sent you. Uh, but, yeah, some Thrive, uh, Thrive plays here. I've got... I'll, I'll do one. How about we'll do this? We'll, we'll go back and forth. I'll do one. You do one. Uh, and we'll go like that. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five of them I like. So I actually like quite a few because there's actually, I think, only 10, 10 plays on this slate. Um, one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, there's only 10 plays on this slate. So I actually like half of them. So uh, first one I've got is DeMar DeRozan, over 24 and a half points and 95 points. I think you're probably on that with me just based on what you said with uh, him being locked for DFS. So... Uh, yeah, I think even if Zach Levine plays, I think this is pretty much money in the bag. It's a tough defensive team. Anytime the Bulls play a def- tough defensive team, they get a lot of shots towards the end of the shot clock. When that happens, uh, I would say seven times out of ten, it's DeMar DeRozan taking those shots. So uh, 24 and a half points over, I'm taking that. What do you got for me, Lee? Yeah, I had DeRozan as well. He took nine more shots than anybody else in the team last game. And uh, don't see any reason why he should shoot less this game. I really honestly think that DeMar DeRozan might end up being a top five NBA scoring leader this year, Yeah. Uh, especially if Levine misses more time. So mm-hmm. definitely I'm totally on board with that prop as well. Yeah. Staying with the Bulls, I've yeah. got Vucevic over 11 and a half rebounds. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Drummond sidelined. He's grabbed at least 12 rebounds in each of his last four games. Siakam also being doubtful. It's one less guy to compete for those boards. So – to me, that Vucevic uh, over 11 and a half rebounds is a is a fine play. Yep, and it's 110 points in that tournament, and they'll probably play a lot more Boucher and Precious, which uh, Vuce is really the only guy on the Bulls that can match up with those guys, so I'm on board with that too. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I've got Scotty Barnes over four and a half assists, 80 points. Easy. You probably have the same one. Uh, that's just an easy gimme points uh, for sure, because even if Van, B- Van Bleet plays, uh, his usage is going to go up because there's no Pascal Siakam, so... Yeah, and uh, in games that Van Vliet has not played, Barnes has hit the over on this on over four and a half assists every or every single game, um, including four of the last five. So he'll handle the playmaking duties if if Van Vliet is out. No reason to think he won't make this uh, four and a half assists. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see if we match up again. My last <laughs> one I have on my board is Stephen Adams over oh. ten and a half rebounds plus assists. It's worth 85 points. Uh, he could rack up 10 and a half rebounds, assists, and one half. So yeah. there's no reason to think that he can't make this one. 
uh, I think at 85 points, even uh, even Thrive thinks he's going to make this prop. So <laughs> yeah, they're not giving me very many points for it, but it's three points. He might as well take it. I, I'm on board with that one for sure. Uh, I do have two more here, um, but this one's a little bit conditional. I have Zubac over nine and a half rebounds at 90 points, but that's only if Rocco doesn't play. If Rocco does play, I do have some concerns yet again that Rocco might steal a few minutes from him. So I might uh, steer clear of that if he does play. But uh, over nine and a half for Zubac if Rocco's out. And then the last one I've got here, uh, which is, uh, man, a little bit of a hot take one. It's it's kind of a high number, but PG-13, Paul George, over 38.5 points, rebounds, and assists. That's 100 points. Uh, I'm just going to have to roll rock with it, man. This is, a again, a Utah Jazz team that, doesn't play a whole ton of defense, and you know he's hit the over two of the last three against kind of weak opponents. I know the Jazz have a good record, but I refuse to believe that they're actually a really good basketball team. Just can't get there yet. Maybe for like 20 games in the season, and they're still sitting on a record, good record. I'll start to buy in. Um, but I think you know, I, I think this is a good matchup for PG-13. So I think he's going to hit the over there. Uh, so I'm looking for him to continue that trend. So that is going to do it for us, though, guys. That's our our. DFS plays, that's our Thrive Prop plays, that's it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at BSBPKeith. And Lee, where can all the good people find you? Find me on Twitter at Lee from Fargo. And I uh, just wanted to also give you a nice shout-out for your podcast you did with Greg Ehrenberg the other day. Uh, on the Sports Ethos homepage, just go to the Pods tab and drop down. You can find that podcast. But, but Keith and Greg do a great job of sharing strategy on how to play cash games versus GPP games. and the advice they give is good for not only novice players and new players, but for pros too. So definitely take a listen. There was some eye-opening stuff Greg said in that one that uh, he even blew my mind. So, you know, I would definitely listen to it. Some some really good info out there. But, yeah, go check it out. But until next time, everybody, go get that money. <laughs>